Left. Right. What is up, my friends? Welcome to Sip Talk. Tonight, we are talking about the future of flying cars. And is there a future of flying cars? That's really the question. I think at some point in our childhood or at some point in the past, all of us have envisioned a future full of flying cars. Well, well, that's what we dissect. <laughs> is the future going to have flying cars or not? Uh, it's a pretty interesting conversation, um, but I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it. So I'll let you get there. See you guys on the other end. And uh, if you haven't already, now's a good time to click that subscribe button and uh, like or comment, whatever platform you're on. Any interaction helps us out. So thank you guys, and see you later. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. <laughs> Cheers. 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 Right, we are live despite some technical issues this evening. This is Sip Talk. This is also episode 187. My name is Justin DiGiulio, your fearless host out of my basement in New Jersey. No, I'm not in hiding. It's just a good amount of space down here. Joined by James, the Bosnator Boswell out of Charleston, South Carolina. James is a philosopher, a professional referee, a bartender, and most exciting of all, an accountant. James, how's it hanging? Oh, your fear, your fearful co-host in South Carolina. As long as you include spiders in that definition, <laughs> thankfully um, yeah. they haven't started to really show up yet. But late summer and early fall, like last year, like maybe like two weeks into my new job where I'm working fully from home, I wake up one morning and I open up the blinds and there is a giant spider <laughs> right in my window. That, uh, and look. I was like, I can't work. Dude, the world the world is out to kill us. The world is uh you know, we're we're just humans in a big, big world and Yo, I couldn't work. I had to like I had to have one of my roommates knock the spider down and kill it before I could get back to my computer to resume my day. And that's the reason why I will never go to Australia. <laughs> like I would uh, love to go to Australia. It seems like a really cool country and the people that I've met from Australia have all been great. I can't go there. I think they have nine-legged spiders over there. It's very strange. The animals evolve differently. They're, you know, totally different, isolated. Con uh, They've got spiders that are as big as your head. And if you ask Australians about it, they're like, oh, yeah, they're, they're no big deal. <laughs> they might as well be like rats. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah, they're, 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 they're big enough that they should be paying rent. Uh, I got I to gotta address our topic here today because <laughs> we got to get this at some point. Sorry to cut you off. <laughs> um, today we're talking about flying cars. And uh, this, is a, this is a cool episode because uh, we came about this topic because Rasht, our fearless co-host, uh, he couldn't make it tonight, but he sent us in a group message, he sent us an article about a flying motorcycle. And uh, I didn't get a chance to read the article for a, a long time after you and him went back and forth, just bashing each other on how likely you think well, it is. Well, no, how likely he thinks... We are to have flying cars or some version of that. And you just shooting him down like you would a flying, flying car, car driving across your, your yard. But uh, it is a cool topic because flying cars are cool. And it's, it's like Jetsons futuristic. 
So, uh, so roughly, I don't expect an exact answer here because I don't have it. How long has the idea of a flying car been there? Well, we gotta fifty we gotta, years, sixty years, seventy well, years. Let's go by a metric of let's go by a metric of the automobile and the airplane, right? So there had to be some, they had to collide somewhere, right? So airplanes and automobiles started getting general use around the same time. Um, no, I would say a couple decades earlier on the cars in terms of kind of not really like mass use, right? That well, I'm like, but so the airplane was invented. Well, like flight was first like achieved in 1903. Cars weren't really invented much earlier than that, and I, I think I think you're going to find that it lines up pretty close with when airplanes started being used and when cars started being used outside of like extremely niche applications, you're going to see that the trend is pretty similar. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to go with maybe a decade or so before the Jetsons, you know, maybe a a handful of people had conceptualized the, the, the idea of flying cars, but really a lot of people weren't talking about it until you had the Jetsons cartoons with these guys. What was the Jetsons? Seventies? Sixties? I think it was sixties. So, uh, we, th- so 70 years, let's say, people have been thinking about flying cars. And uh, we still don't have flying cars. Yeah. So, <laughs> Kenneth says you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. <laughs> um, well, uh, let me ask you, though. What, what are you drinking down there? Uh, Milwaukee's Best Ice. Oh, very nice. I switched very up nice. from Bush Ice because Milwaukee's Best Ice was the same price as Bush Ice, but it came in a 15-pack. <laughs> uh, that's compared to what, the 12-pack? Yes. Okay, yes. Yeah, kind of like spider legs, odd numbers. Um, so I got a Glenlivet here, and then I got a new scotch, which once I finish this glass of Glenlivet, I'm going to hit the new scotch. But Glenlivet's open. the new scotch? So, uh, I'll share with you once I, once I open it. Um, so look, um, what we well, before we get into flying cars and whether they're viable. Just the Glenlivet Twelve. If they make an eight, it's the eight. No, it's a, <laughs> it's a twelve. Um, the other one is an interesting scotch, but it was it was on a cheaper side. Uh, it's like a sixty dollar bottle of scotch. I mean, I drink a lot of Doers, so that's like a twenty dollar bottle of scotch. So right, but, yeah. but I mean, cheaper good stuff. But you know, I mean, like it's a good stuff, but it's not the, the good stuff. Um, so look, before we get into flying cars, we do have to talk. Uh, we had to talk about what happened uh, hours ago, as of this recording, in Texas. Uh, there was a shooter that entered a an elementary school. Apparently, second he, through fourth grade. He went to that school. He was in the high school. Uh, he may have been a recent graduate. I don't know if I got that right, but he went to the high school, and uh, he gunned down fourteen people. Is that right? Eighteen now. Eight, oh, there's, there's a higher... Uh, now, I understand there was one adult and most were kids. 18 and 2. Um, damn. Yeah, so uh, I did I did watch... It was te- 14 earlier. Yeah, I watched the Texas governor give a, a press conference earlier. And one, if you look at my notes here, one, one of the things I, I noted was that he called the shooter the shooter rather than the suspect. And I noticed that, like, some guy I'll just you know, get like videotaped shooting a bunch of people and then they'll take them to custody and they still call him the suspect. But I'm always thinking like, well, you know, we, we just kind of watched him do it. Well, I think that's just like giving him the legal, yeah, the legal benefit of the doubt. But I liked what a straight shooter 
the governor of Texas was. Oh yeah, like he's done such a good job with with the state. Well, and you know, I think when Texas finally secedes, uh, the, <laughs> you see my notes here about uh, how lawless Texas is, and, and and being so close to Mexico, they may just be become part of Mexico. <laughs> just... Yeah, we might. If, if Texas secedes, like our border crisis is just going to get worse. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's just going to expand the, the border because there's so much more. Uh, yeah, because then uh, we're going to have to deal with all Texas. the crazy Texans. I would take Mexicans over Texans if if Texas succeeds. <laughs> um, I would say. I, I say. I think they're smaller. Texas, the, the Mexicans. I think they're smaller. <laughs> Texas yeah. are, are pretty big people. Um, I if if Texas wants to secede, I think that's fine. Like zero bullets should be fired over Texas's secession. Let them go. They already have their own power grid, which sucks. <laughs> and like, the, I'm pretty sure that the state is a like net taker when it comes to federal aid versus federal taxes paid. So, like, I'm not really sure what we're losing here. Hmm. Well, I. I don't know, but uh, interesting on the net taker uh, comment. So, so should we? Anything else you want? Because it's 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 fucking insane. There was just a shooting. Where was the last shooting? Was that also Buffalo. in Texas? Was, oh, yeah. All if, right. Well, uh, I'm probably <laughs> missing one. Who knows? Like, the fact that we don't know when what, what the last shooting was, and it was a week ago, well, shows how big of a problem this is. And to me, it, it's utterly absurd that. Uh, I, I was I was reading a, a quick update on this before we started the cast, and Republicans have already said that they are going to oppose any new gun control legislation at the federal level. Like, why? But this happened in Texas. I get yeah. I get that there weren't armed citizens standing around this Topps supermarket in Buffalo, but this is Texas, the the big gun state. So yeah, but so what happened to a school? Well, what what? What better place for guns, James? This um, is a school. It's a place of learning. We need to defend that. <laughs> or we could just make it so it's way harder for people to get guns so that way we don't have to defend anything. Uh, how but, could we do that? The, the shooter's 18. How in the world... Like, I'm sure it'll come out in the next couple of days as people do their investigations and whatnot. But... In what world should an 18-year-old be able to have access to a weapon that can kill 20 people? In a relatively short amount of time. Yeah, because the, the, the shooter was killed, and I'm going to have to assume that was a police officer who did that. So I don't know exactly how long he had before he was shot by the police officer, but I remember I mentioned this the last time we talked about this. There was a shooting in Cleveland um, like a year or two, like two years ago, where the shooter took an Uber to like this district that was all shut down for like kind of bars and restaurants to have open streets. And so there were a lot of people there. He took mm -hmm. an Uber there and opened fire and killed nine people. Do you know how long it took the police to respond to him? No idea. Like 37 seconds. Where was this? Cleveland? Cleveland. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So, if you're telling me like it took the police less than a minute to find him and shoot him. So I don't think that you can criticize the police response here. Yeah, but yeah, if it doesn't you have get, something that you can kill nine seconds. or ten people, 
30 in, seconds is, is yeah, that's the point. Is 30 seconds is about as fast a response time as ever. And even if you have somebody who is around the corner with a gun, they still need time to assess the situation, make sure they're – people don't just hear gunshots and just pull a gun out of their pocket and turn in the corner, guns blazing. 30 seconds is pretty fast, but the number of people that can be shot and killed in 30 seconds. The issue isn't – and I was joking, for those of you who are idiots. Uh, I was joking when I said, where better a place for guns than a fucking elementary school? That was a joke because that's the, that's the solution that, that the, the hard right – and uh, the the gun lobby are proposing we just yeah, more armed teachers what, yeah, yeah that's a great it, idea yeah it's not because it just doesn't you're not going to save that many lives you're just you're going to have just as many issues and these people go into this it's not like they're afraid of being shot they go into this with a death sentence the guy shot his grandmother this guy's the gun guy from today shot his grandmother before he went to the school maybe oh so that's maybe one more that they added to the 14 no i think uh, that was already counted i don't know who, yeah doesn't, well like, Doesn't matter. Does it matter? We, let's, let's let's talk about flying cars. Otherwise, we're gonna go on a fucking long ass railroad ride into fucking gunland, the wild west. And uh, what better place to get away from railroad rides, railroad rides, than talk about flying cars? Say that five times fast. <laughs> I'm not gonna give it a shot. So um, well, we'll wait till the end of the podcast once you've had that scotch, and we'll try it again. Uh, so we got a. Uh, Conversation about the flying motorcycle, which was actually, uh, it was a drone-like motorcycle. It had the four propellers. and uh, Yeah, but they're like little jet turbines. Oh, what, were they jet turbines? But there's four so. of them. So yeah. drone-like style, but you had the turbines. Because, because if you have any weight to something, which it's got to have, well, we'll get there. It has to have power. Power means weight. Weight means more power. So on a motorcycle, at the very least, you have the weight of the of the driver. I'll share with you this, the scotch. It's called a uh, Kaol Ila. Not a, not a bad looking box and uh, a cool looking bottle here. What region? Uh, the, uh, Islay region. I would imagine. Yeah. Islay. Islay. Excuse me. Um, well it's spelled I L A here and then Islay single mall. I, I, I was called Islay. You call it Islay? Yeah. It's even, with, even with the S? That's how it's pronounced. Well, I know a lot of drunk Scottish people that call it Islay. Yeah, it, it, like. <laughs> but that might. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how this is. I'll open it up. So I, uh, it's going to be smoky. Um, you want to introduce where we got the majority of the content we're going to talk about tonight? Um, yeah, a lot of the a lot of the points that we're going to be discussing were were introduced by a YouTube channel that I've come to really like. Uh, the guy's name is Adam something. So shout Adam outs what? to Adam something. What Adam what? <laughs> Who's on first? <laughs> the YouTube channel is, <laughs> for anybody not following, Adam something in quotation. Yeah, he makes a whole bunch of good videos. For me, I just envy how much he hates Elon Musk. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think it's a bit absurd, but uh, mm, yeah, but for me, I just like for someone yeah. to have this much dedication to disliking somebody. It, yeah, it's it's a pretty uh, it's a motif in most of his videos. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So, Adam, something I got. I, I don't even know where to put this bottle. The de- this desk has way too much stuff on it. Um, but let's uh, let's get into it. I see you've just entered the notes. On our shared Google Drive, um, 
and I, you know, I, I like his videos. I'll, I'll give you that. And this particular article, and we're going to share another one from Business Insider. We'll implant some of that information in here. But uh, Adam something seems to think that flying cars are never going to happen. They, they are A, completely impractical, B, hazardous. So they pose a lot of dangers. Uh, and then C, ultimately, they would be too detrimental to mental health. So you want to talk about the distance impracticality? Um, yeah. Like, if you think about, like, there's kind of like three different ranges that he talks about, and I think that it's a pretty good division. So, like, if you're looking to go, like, a short distance, like, zero to maybe 30 miles or so, a flying car is not really going to save you that much time because – if you're would... in a big city, you've probably got public transportation like uh, a metro system or you could, you've got a car. And like if you're out in the country, like a 30-minute drive, a 30-mile drive in a car is only going to take you maybe 30 minutes. Yeah, or less if, you, if you're yeah. hopping on a highway somewhere. And, and you're yeah, the highway. and so like a lot of people think flying cars are just going to get you there super fast, but you have to remember that like you need to have – you need to have time to set it up and land and, and plan your route and everything. And by the time all of that's done, the little advantages in speed that the car ha- that the flying car has are going to be kind of negated by those costs, those time costs. And yeah, it's yeah. not like flying cars go super fast. You well, might be well, going 125 to 150 miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you got short distance, which, and that even you could walk in that distance as well, right? Well, yeah, but you're not if it's short bit quickly. Well, no, I mean, what short short range is zero to roughly. If we're going to segment, if we're going to segment up distance, short range is anywhere from it could be two miles, right? Yeah, or it could but, be it could be you know down the block. You're not. You, you, but I think for flying, like if you you need to think, you have to start at this is a trip that I would be making by car otherwise. Yeah, but my point is, yeah, you got people like in the city. I walk a mile to get from the train to my office, right? So we're, we walk a lot. But in the suburbs, people would drive around the corner to you know to go to the the corner store or you know the, what, whatever. If you remember our apartment store. complex, yeah, you remember where the mail center was. Yeah, we would. You could walk there, but it was a long walk, so we most of the time drove to it. No, I never. I never drove to it, but I'd see some people <laughs> like. It was about a 400-foot walk from our apartment. And the farthest it would be for anybody in the apartment complex, it might have been about a two-minute walk. And I would see people all the time get out of their apartment, drive to the mail center, unlock their mailbox, and then drive back. And it didn't even save them any time. No, it doesn't save you any time. And that's, and that's why the short distance sounds like it's not ever going to work for a flying plane. And that's up to roughly 30 miles or so in terms of distance. And then, so outside of 30 miles, I'll let you. Yeah, so then you've got like your medium distance. And I, I think you can kind of look at this as what's, what's a distance that you would drive but not take a commercial airline for? And he sets it at about 300 miles. And I think that's about right. I did. I, I went up to the Albany area, actually like Saratoga area from down here. That was probably... I feel like 200 miles or so from the city, and it, and it would not have made no maybe a little less maybe uh, like 180. City to so. Albany is 150 or so. 
Yeah, but this is going up to Saratoga area. So, so add another 20 miles. Yeah, but but it would not have been practical at all to take a plane. And then taking a train means you'd have to drive to the train station, take the train, but then you would not have transportation when you got off the train. Yeah. So the only way that would that would make sense to me is kind of like by car. Right. And I think the, this medium distance where if you've got longer trips that are still more practical to drive, that's kind of the sweet spot for flying cars because over 30 miles, the difference between being able to go 110 or 150 miles an hour versus 60 miles an hour isn't going to add up to a huge amount of time savings just because the distance is too short. But if you have to go 200 miles or something, you're looking at like an hour to an hour and a half versus three or four hours. Yeah, if I that trip could have been done in a flying car, actually. I envision it now, and uh, it would have been scary as fuck. But uh, sorry, get the next next distance here. Well, and then, so yeah, and then anything else longer than that, 300 miles plus, like flying cars are going to have limited range and they have limited speed. So a commercial airline is going to be going between five and 600 miles an hour. And your flying car is going to top out at maybe 150. And it's not going to have anywhere near the same range because... The no, fuel, it's got to hold the fuel on it's it. It's got to right? hold the fuel. And also, like you think about your, if you've got a car traveling as a car, it's going to be relatively fuel efficient, like 30 miles to the gallon or so. But the same, that same car now having to fly is going to be burning a lot more fuel because you don't have to just overcome the rolling resistance and the wind resistance of being on the ground. You have to generate lift to keep a two or three thousand pound object from being in the air. Which, which, yeah, which, it, it takes a lot of fuel to lift off, but then also, like, you can't design the car only to fly, right? Mm -hmm. The car has to have some land application. And, and in theory, you could use the same engine to drive the wheels as it does yeah. drive the propeller, but. It takes a lot of power to get an airplane flying. Like you'd need a pretty high horsepower engine to generate enough propeller speed. It's like your average sedan that makes 150 to 200 horsepower. That's not enough to fly. Not to get off the ground in something that weighs as much as a sedan. <laughs> yeah, um, and you could kind of cheat a little bit in terms of getting off the ground because you could use the engine to power the wheels to get going up to takeoff speed, but it's then having enough power to drive the propeller to keep airspeed so that you don't stall out and, and crash into a hill. Yeah, 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 and you don't have that aerodynamic. You're not as it, but we'll get there. Well, uh, in but the air. basically, at 300 miles plus or whatever, you're starting to consider a commercial airline flight, and those are way faster. Well, because 300 miles plus is also the uh, 18,000 mile. Like, or uh, how far away is Japan from from New York? Uh, I think it's Probably... it's more like like nine or ten thousand miles. Yeah, I was gonna say about that. Because you I'm can't really ever California. get more than about 12,000 miles away because the Earth is like 24,000 miles around. So, like, you just draw a circle somewhere, you'll be able to get there in 12,000 miles. Yeah, and that would be as, as far as you would. You, <laughs> it wouldn't make sense to go three quarters of the way around when you could just go the quarter way in the opposite direction. Yeah, the only, the only time that that, 
like there's exceptions to that is if there's restricted airspace, such as like all of Russia or Antarctica. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so flying cars aren't that fast. So at the long distance, it sounds like you just don't have the fuel capacity and you're not going fast enough. And, uh, and that's a lot of time to be in a very small aircraft in the, in the air. Um, plus planes are way faster and rail commuting by rail, especially if it's high speed rail would probably get you there faster. But there are some, I, I recognize there are a lot of downsides with, with rail. Like, well, let's talk about like the limited upsides. Cause I was thinking about this earlier and I, I made the connection that whenever someone talks about how they wish they had a flying car, what they're really saying is I don't like traffic. Yeah, I would I would think the idea would be to get out of congestion. Um, so there's there is a major upside with that. I'll, I'll give you well, that. You know what? We already have like for for people that have the money, like a helicopter is what you're looking for because they fly fast. They can land pretty much anywhere, and like. Dude, I didn't even the idea of helicopter never once entered my mind in all of the in all the preparation we did for this this episode. Like for example, like Kobe Bryant, who who died in a helicopter crash, like that's how he got around LA most of the time. It's because he had the money to be able to afford one. And that's and that's tragic. But helicopters are not. He wasn't the one flying. He wasn't the one flying. Yeah, but but they're you know, just because it happened to a high profile celebrity, it's it's not very common that there are helicopter accidents at all. No. It, I don't know what the rates are offhand, but you would hear a lot more about them. No, they're not very yeah. common. But, like, for, for people that are super rich that live in an area that is congested and they care about getting around, a lot of them use a helicopter to get from one side of the city to the, to the, city, uh, one side of the city to the other faster than anybody else. Yep. It's just super expensive. So the nice thing about helicopters is that they can land and take off mostly vertically. Mm-hmm. The downside with a flying car is that these things are designed to ha- to be kind of taking off and landing on a landing strip. And uh, because otherwise, again, you're just going to do the helicopter. Yeah. Uh, the, the, go- the thing is a helicopter can't drive around the road. So the whole idea no. of flying cars is for both. Um, but if you if you're landing, you need some type of landing strip. The landing strip has to be illuminated well because think about your car headlights. Your car headlights, even when you when you're driving, you go around a turn, like you have very What's the farthest limited, you can see, maybe 300 feet. Yeah, tops and not and not well at the far end of that range. Mm-hmm. And also, you don't have much up and down range. So when oh, you come no. over a hill, you can't see shit. Um, and uh, so so you're not going to have a giant spotlight that's going to shoot two miles in front of you. Like planes, right. and, planes don't get around look with a spotlight in front of them, even well, a not, boat. And also, like, you need specialized landing strips because do we really want to have, like, highways where cars are just, like, taking off and landing in traffic? Merging, merging vertically as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, then, and, then, and then also uh, weather. You know, planes do a pretty good job landing in weather not extreme severe weather but they they i'm always surprised like there's storms going on flights are delayed but they're still but yeah kind of like also around. raise your hand if you've ever been on a like on a flight that was delayed because of weather 
right <laughs> so yeah but but snow and and rain and just and visibility is a big aspect of flying and airplanes commercial planes don't worry about that as much for Why, two well reasons. that's because the the pilots are highly trained but well they have a lot more technology um but they also fly above they're able to fly above the storms yeah but all commercial pilots are going to be trained on how to fly instrument only yeah, and and of course they land through that. They they spend time with zero visibility. So yeah, it's uh, it a flying car, which is not which is going to be flying at at the cloud level, if not lower, maybe maybe higher in in some instances. But um, yeah, but depending on where you are and what the terrain is, you might not have a choice but to have to fly at cloud level. In which case, you're going to need to have someone who's trained in being able to fly instrument only. Yeah, and so the amount of training is going to be that license. Just getting required. your basic pilot's license is not IO training, like that's a that's a separate certification. Yeah. Um, so do we? Do, are we getting right. into the, the so, danger? Uh, I no. Feel like we're, we... Well, we're still we're still talking about like how impractical they are. So like you talk about like weight with cars. Okay. Um. So yeah, you 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 point out they need to be lightweight because like, ma- like having a super heavy car that's just on the on the road, for most people that's not going to affect the driving experience that much, like unless you're racing. But for example, like the new Hummer electronic, the new Hummer electric vehicle is like eight thousand pounds. Holy fuck! <laughs> because it's got a crap load of batteries in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, because like, because it has to because it's a big vehicle and it has to go long distances. Yeah. So it has and, to. And for lay comparison, it. most sedans and like most regular cars are going to be between three and four thousand pounds. Most SUVs are probably going to be between four thousand and five thousand pounds. And then like your bigger trucks are going to probably top out around fifty five hundred. You know, so the Hummer you. is like way out there. It, um, yes, yes, it's four times the the way. I want to look it up actually. I was I was helping my friend change a tire on his Chevy Aveo. You know what the Aveo is? Mm-hmm. Nine thousand pounds. Yeah, that's insane. So his his Aveo. I was helping him change the tires. They those lug nuts were on so fucking hard. I ended up having to get a breaker bar. But in trying to take the lug nuts off the car, I was spinning the wheels because I was lifting the car off the ground. Yeah, <laughs> so, the Aveo is probably like twenty three. No, probably like twenty five to three hundred. The three thousand yeah. pounds. Like it's. That's a lighter car. But so the idea is like you're going to need to build a flying car super light because mass doesn't really matter when you're on the ground, but it very much does when you're in the air. Yes. Um, So you're going to have to make all sorts of concessions in terms of structural integrity or price. And like if you get and you mentioned because, like, because ultra because ultra light material is extremely at this point in time extremely expensive yeah um because you make the point of if you're in traffic and you get like a bumper tap or something or you get a scratch on the car drive, or like a chip or, or yeah or like a crack somewhere that's not going to affect your ability a crack in the bodywork that's not going to affect your ability to get from point a to point b safely it's going to be the exact same. You're fine. Well, but 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 even a crack in the windshield that doesn't matter so much because the pressure inside and outside of the, of the vehicle doesn't change that much, right? And the yeah. temperature inside and outside the vehicle doesn't change that much. But as pressure and as temperature change, that crack 
will spread. Well, if you're flying, if you don't have a pressurized cabin, you're good to about 10,000 feet. Okay, so that that would be within the range of where you're flying cars. Yeah, uh, but still, like who would want who would want to crack on their windshield at a high speed? And then, yeah. God forbid, you hit a bird or something. Well, and oh. also you've got a major temperature change because, like, at ten thousand feet, it's probably twenty to thirty degrees cooler than on the ground, if not more. Well, that's that's the same pressure and temperature. I got a, a chip in the windshield uh, a month or so ago when it was still pretty cold here. And uh, the next morning, that chip had spread to a crack that went three feet across the windshield. Just, just because of expansion? Just because of the temperature change, exactly. Uh, all right, I'll let you hit the next but, line. Yeah, so like, if you've got all these things that aren't going to affect the safety of a car, but they would definitely affect the, the safety of a plane. Because if a plane has a crack in like a structural element or something, like that structural element, uh, like the wing... That's not going to affect how a car rides, but like if you've got a crack in the wing, like you might be flying a one-winged, a one-winged plane soon. So and uh, yeah, that's basically just a missile that's going to target the ground some some distance in the future. <laughs> um, so let's just talk about design a little bit, though, and this is from Business Insider: uh, is that cars need to be low, and they need to be wide so they don't flip. If you're going around a turn in a car. Like a Jeep, the old Jeep Wranglers used to tip over all the time. Yep. Um, so you know you want to have that low, you know, low uh, design center of gravity at the bottom. Um, and then cars also need to generate downforce. So if you look at, uh, you'll like this comment here. If you look at any like supercars because they go really fast, they have spoilers in the back. But also cars are designed aerodynamically to create this downforce. And then, funnily enough, the only other type of cars you see, uh, spo- yeah, the spoilers, the wing that you see <laughs> in the back of cars, is like the is like the the fourteen year old like uh, yeah know, Honda Civic or or uh, you know. There was a really good picture I saw of someone that had like screwed in like the plywood. And, yeah, like it, it was like two <laughs> like two by fours and then like a piece of plywood, and the caption was in Spanish and it said "Eso sí es tuning." <laughs> yep like uh, yes this is tuning yep <laughs> um, Fine yeah but yeah like cars if they aren't designed for like, unless they're designed for it cars naturally generate a little bit of lift so yeah they design in either the underbody of the car or some of the elements of the bodywork itself elements that are going to generate downforce now most regular cars aren't going to generate much downforce but you want a little bit because if you're going at high speeds and you're generating lift and you go to take a turn or something now you're not going to have any grip well, i'll tell you i'll tell you the alfa romeo the old spiders not the new alfa romeos the old ones uh when you get to like 60 miles an hour 70 miles an hour you could feel the uh the front of the car like you could you could watch like it would raise it would still be on the ground but it would be it would be higher kind of in your line of sight because it wasn't that aerodynamic, um, and then you just the handling was terrible. Um, same thing on the 911, which has a lot of downforce, very very aerodynamic, but the weight of the engine is in the back of the car. Um, so you you know you want as much downforce in the front of the car as, as possible uh, for when you're turning. But planes, on the other hand, they don't need downforce. Gra- gravity is pulling them down as, as more than they need. Planes need up force. And they need constant up force because they have to fight this thing called gravity. 
Um, and then oh, planes. Oh, you know what, what you do is you take a car that has a lot of downforce and then you fly it upside down. I never thought about that. Yeah, we could just flip them over like uh, <laughs> one of those remote control cars that that goes both ways. That would be that would work. You're right. You're uh, you know we're disproving ourselves. Um, and then also planes. There's all sorts be, of reasons why that's a bad idea, though. Planes also need to be narrow. Well, yeah, because you're the occupant. Um, but planes need to be narrow, whereas cars need to be wide. Um, and and this just creates an issue because you need you have you have parts and you have design of one vehicle, the car or the plane, that are counterproductive to the other part. Like wings and and blades or propellers, uh, they add a lot of weight to the car, and they actually they take up a lot of space. Like any, any of those convertibles where the convertible top goes into the trunk, you have like no trunk. We're not talking about a foldable convertible top. We, we might be talking about foldable wings, but but these things have to be big. And they, they... Yeah, think about how much more area a wing takes up than a rag top. <laughs> exactly. It, and it has to be structured. There has to be some real integrity behind the structure, which usually means it needs to be. Because what's holding up all 3,000 pounds of your car? Dude, it's scary to think about this stuff. Like, but you—the bigger wings, the more weight on the on the car. That's the right. problem. And then the the smaller the wings, the shittier your plane you're gonna have. So, yeah, where are these wings going? Well, it like you kind of raised a good point. It's like you're gonna probably need to have them stored at home, and you're gonna need to have like, like your own direct, like landing strip in your backyard that <laughs> is safe to like take off and land in, and then you're gonna need to have somewhere else. That also has a landing strip and a place that you can store the wings when you land there. And now you just have an airplane. Like you might as well just have like an airplane and then like a car at your house and a car at the other airport. Yeah. Um <laughs> exactly. This is again, this is impracticability. So let's get on to uh because we were talking about like having some some fender benders. Um Let's get on to the hazard section. Well, I'll let you. I'll let you lead here. I'll start wanna... with the, the the thought that I had, which is think about how poorly many people maintain their cars. Yeah, yeah. Not every, about every... not like about tires that are completely bald, or like tires that have like a bulge out of it this big, or not changing the oil for 20, 30, 20, 30 <laughs> 40, 80,000 miles. Some people have no idea to change the oil. Yeah. Yeah, and any or. Like the check engine lights on. Nope. All right, it went off. We're good. <laughs> um, like, th- now, that's a problem in and of itself with cars, but like most of the time, they're only going like if you're if you're driving along, and your car's engine blows, and you no longer have power coming from the engine, what do you do? You, you you parachute out if you're if no no if, you, if you're on a road <laughs> you, you just throw you just into neutral to the side, you yeah. like sputter to the side of the road and you call a tow truck if you're in a flying car and the same thing happens um <laughs> your parachute is your option yeah that's there, there's no there's no sputtering to the side of the road it's crash landing and die or maybe parachute out if you are a lucky motherfucker. Yeah, because you're going to need to hope that you have enough power to the systems to be able to glide your way to a crash landing. Yeah, which, I mean, is very uh, improbable. It's it's not uh, – it's very unlikely. So, so for that reason, uh, flying cars would need to be banned above any populated areas or any important infrastructure. Well, think uh, of – like, 
so in the video that Adam something makes, he he takes um, a map of I think it was somewhere in Hungary, but yeah, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's if you look at like areas that are no fly for commercial airlines or or even just like private flights, there are tons of areas that you have to be aware of that you're not allowed to fly over. Uh, he yeah he talked about uh, migratory bird routes, wildlife reserves. Uh, power infrastructure, you got power, power plants, military, power. airports. You can't fly over an airport. Yeah, you can't. I mean, you can't. You're not supposed to be able to fly over New York City. I thought after 9/11. No, that makes they may sense. have changed that. But but yeah, there's there's lots of places you have to be knowledgeable. You can't drive over. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, if you were to look at a map of like any populated area, it's going to be this checkerboard. Of places that you're not allowed to fly over. Which which means where are you flying? If you can't fly to a destination that's populated, where are you, you flying from a, a cornfield to a uh, a dairy farm? Yeah. In which case, just get yourself a plane. <laughs> or a helicopter. Yeah, or a helicopter. Um, yeah, not uh, the the no fly zones create a, a lot of a lot of issues. Um, and, and so and, we like we talked. About, I already mentioned traffic, but now if you've got no fly zones, you've got all these corridors. You're gonna have to. You're you're gonna be in traffic just a thousand feet up. Well, you know if there's uh, if it's if it's mass adopted, um, then you need to build corridors, right? Because then it becomes much more dangerous. It can't just be a fly for all, a free for all. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but you're right. Then you get some congestion, which is kind of the main reason why you would want some type of flying vehicle from the beginning. Yeah. So I, with commercial airline, air, um, yeah, commercial airlines. Do you know what distance planes have to keep from each other? No, but I know that they have a lot of anti-collision systems, or, or that you know. So like that's air big, traffic big control problem. monitors this. Like yeah. The planes have systems, and but like it's mostly air traffic control that's aware of this. So. Any commercial flight must be either 1,000 feet vertically separated from any from any nearby flight or five nautical miles. So if they're at the same height, they need to be five nautical miles away from each other. What's the difference between a nautical mile and a regular mile? I don't know, but <laughs> let's just call it um, five, five miles. It's probably it's close enough in terms of their distances, but like think about how big of a separation that is. I'm, I, can someone tell us the difference? Uh, uh, clearly, you're not American. Oh, I just got. <laughs> I didn't see all these comments from uh, from Kenny Cushman here. He's ripping me apart. Nautical uh, mile is 1.15 land miles. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. So you have to be about five and a half miles apart. If you're at the same height, you need to be five and a half miles away from any other airplane. So that rule is going to probably apply to low-level flights, too. And how are you going to be monitoring where all these other flying cars are and keeping your separation by either height or distance? It, uh, yeah, you need... It's got to be software, right? Like, it's got to be all software, which we have a difficult time right now developing self-driving cars, and that's on a, that's on a, a plane, right? That's on a yeah. two-dimensional... So the, which kind of gets me to, before we get to the mental health aspect, like it makes me think that if you were to do flying cars, they would have to be 100% autonomous. And yeah, but th- just think about this. We're, we're de- trying to develop autonomous cars 
a 2d xy like the roads right yeah and that's not going great and then and then and we're having difficulty doing that now you have to invent now you have to introduce an entire another dimension a third dimension and the infrastructure to support all of that we, well we don't have the we don't we don't even have the infrastructure to support the 2d because it's it's so challenging there's so many variables and and you're not in control of a bird flying out or there's so many more factors in instead of just other cars right like you also have to deal with the wind way more than you do when you're on land like there's a lot there's a lot going on there um so, but the thing is, yeah, if, if this, if flying cars become mass adopted, then you really need to narrow it down to kind of these busy focused, uh, transit corridors. So only pathway right. for, for, but you know, and, and, so, then, and then if you're going to do that, why not just take like the existing mass transit that's already there? Because if it's a big <laughs> corridor and it's a big area that's trying to get to another big area, there's probably already like a high speed rail system. Uh, you, that's you, existing you, beat for me, you beat me to the punch. Cause I was going to say, you're going to need these, you're going to need the corridors and you're going to need places where people can get, get on and off. And then you're going to need the ma major transit hubs. So something exactly like a, train station or a plane station uh, or a plane station uh an airport <laughs> plane <laughs> or, station four plane station five <laughs> plane station atlanta plane station. uh so um or highways or actual highways like yeah. the cars that we have already <laughs> we've already built up infrastructure to accommodate for this need flying cars aren't solving any of the problems that we haven't already solved the, th the thing is that with flying cars, they just they could never have the same application that regular cars do. That's kind of the yeah, I'm not ruling out flying cars entirely, but you just you couldn't. Everybody who drives a, a car couldn't fly a car. Right. It's just it doesn't work. Um, no, as of right now, if you even wanted to entertain the concept of it, you need to get your pilot's license. Well, we're, we, we will get there uh, with this Business Insider article about the actual production, the current production of flying cars. But let's hit mental health. You go ahead with it. Oh, here, here I go. Um, James, let me ask you, when you want uh, to relax, uh, what do you do? You turn up the music really loud and go hang out by the highway? Um, yeah. <laughs> Either that or um, like construction sites, construction especially sites. if they're doing demolition work. Yeah. So the thing is, I mean, go some people like to like, go to the gun range. Some people like not shoot anything. Just listen. <laughs> just listen. What are you? What are you here to? Do? What, what gun would you like today? Oh, I'm just here to listen. <laughs> um, so no, the thing about the thing about uh, flying cars is cars alone are noisy. Think about you know if you ever been close to a major highway or even a major road. Like a new living in a building in New York City that faces an avenue or a street. You have lots of noise from the roads, but if you're by a highway, those noises are actually way louder. You have you have cars with exhaust leaks. You have cars with stupid, whiny, obnoxious exhaust kits on them. Uh, you have trucks, which make a shit ton of noise. Um, but those highways, most highways where there's residential areas, have barricades. They have the sound walls up alongside of them. Yeah, but um, and also like if it's something that you care about, noise like. When you buy a place, you know how much noise there's going to be because you got to see the location. So, like, probably properties that are very close to a highway probably have lower values than than quieter areas. Yeah, I, I, I think that would make sense. Um, so, it's like, if you don't like the noise, well, you chose to live there. But if you've got these flying cars... 
that are all like flying at relatively low altitudes and kind of wherever they want. Like, well, think about the noise a flying car would make. Mm-hmm. And and what plane does that exist on? It's a it's a sound bubble around a flying car. At least with a regular car, the sound kind of radiates forward and sideways, maybe a little bit up, but mostly forward and and and, and laterally. Um, with with a flying car, just think you can hear planes go by, right? And they're not that numerous. If you live by an airport, your quality of life may may not be that great. Then it, it will it yeah. can affect your mental health. But in the same way that like buying near a highway, if you buy near an airport, you know what you're getting. Yeah, yeah. Um, but sorry, I, I interrupted you there. No, it, it's yeah, it, it's like these flying cars are going to be just as loud as like a single engine Cessna or something, but they're going to be on average much lower than like single engine planes. They're going to be just as loud, and if they're mass adopted, they're going to be everywhere. So you're just going to have this constant buzzing or like. <laughs> Yeah, all the time. <laughs> I was watching a, a YouTube video, some talk somebody was giving, and they were at an outdoor uh, platform. There's outdoor stage, and uh, planes were going by. And the the guy was like, "This is driving me nuts." I know you guys have you, like speakers facing you, so it's a lot louder for you. But I can't think straight when I'm trying to speak, and these planes are buzzing by. So, so there, you know, that there is a solid mental health negative mental health aspect of flying. I think it's the weakest of the three points, but it's still valid. I agree. And and on that, our Adam something YouTube video uh, information ends. But I do want to share a little bit on uh, the Slovakian company Aeromobile and what they're doing with flying cars because they actually have flying cars in production. And, you know, the issue... The last 50 years or probably even longer, 70 years of automobiles, road running automobiles, uh, they've had a basic blueprint that they improve on year after year. Right now, there's no blueprint for flying cars, not not one that is practical. Again, you're saying maybe you store the wings in your garage, you know, maybe they retract somewhere in the car, maybe they fold up. But then again, if somebody bumps into you and bumps into the wings... It, it, yeah, if they put a crack in your wing, you can't fly home. Well, but and that's the thing. Like, if you get bumped, are you going to just go get on the road? I mean, in the sky and give it a shot, or are you going to say, "Fuck, I'm going to bring this to a repair shop, have them check it out before I go get on the road"? No, what you're probably going to air, do is in the air. looks like I'm driving home. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> so, uh, but uh, the point is, we. we if this is even going to be something feasible, we, we need to have a an actual production flying car. Like It has to be some type of feasible production that we can make. So the Slovakian company, Aeromobile, they've worked for 30 years to, to develop a flying car, and it took four iterations. Uh, so the, their co-founder, Stefan Klein, in the 90s, had this theory that you could fly and drive. And I think that's like, you know, back in the maybe 70s or so with James Bond where they had that boat car. It was a, a what kind of car? Is it a Lotus? Do you remember that was a white Lotus? The Esprit? Yeah, I think that's what it was. And they go underwater with this with this car. Oh, and so, James Bond? James Bond, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, this guy designed the first concept car. Apparently it was bizarre looking and it was too big to actually work on the roads. 
So, uh, and that was 30 years ago, the 90s. Version 2, they built in 2010. It had collapsible wings. Uh, it could actually fit into a regular parking lot spot. Um, and it had a range of 545 miles on the road, which meant it had a gas tank big enough to get it that far. And 435 miles in the air, which actually doesn't, doesn't sound bad. Um, and uh, it first flew in 2013, which is relatively recently. But it sounds like that test flight went all right. Um, but uh, they started building version 3 uh, at the same time, roughly the same time they were testing out version 2. Um, so they were developing this prototype for the Aeromobile 3.0. And that needed some upgrades. So it featured... Uh, I'm looking you... at pictures of the Aeromobile. <laughs> and like one of them looks like if you were to go to Disney, Disney World and get on the monorail... It looks kind of like that, but with like a wing. Well, yeah, and that's the, the, it's like the, a flying bus. Which one are you looking at? The V two or the next? I don't know what the next is. I have V one, V two, V three. Oh, I'm looking at the 4.0, and I'm looking at the AM next. And the AM next looks like if you took the Disney's monorail and said, "Put a little wing on it." <laughs> Put a little wing on it. Uh, get some buffalo sauce. Yeah, some wings on it. Uh, so, look, so the V three. Uh, had a reinforced body made of carbon fiber. It had advanced avionics, so it had some actual like piloting gear in it, like a plane might. It had new, completely uh, from the ground up uh, steering controls, um, and it could be transformed from a car into flight mode in three minutes. Which you know we were talking about like making this transition. It's not just gonna you know, it's just gonna open the garage door, drive out. Three minutes is pretty quick. Three minutes is pretty quick. Um, but despite these advancements, the uh, Aeromobile 3.0 crash landed during its test flight in 2015, which was piloted by uh, Stefan Klein, the co-founder. It went into a, a crazy tailspin, and via, uh, photos show the vehicle's framework just completely destroyed. I guess the thing was r r totally fucked. But somehow, I think they, I think uh, Stefan Klein parachuted out of the vehicle while it was falling and he survived how about that um, and v4 which uh it looks like uh, after three decades they're they've built this version four and they're just awaiting certification from the government um it's going to cost uh, 1.3 million dollars to buy it and it will require a pilot's license and it is in no way ready for mass production but maybe they no. make a dozen of them so like just none of this makes sense because if you already have a pilot's license so this thing costs 1.4 million and for that 1.4 million you're getting about you're getting a 300 horsepower car and a, an airplane that can go about 160 miles an hour um i'm looking at their website right now these are their numbers um so for 1.4 million so you know how much like a single engine cessna would cost you Maybe a hundred grand. I'm just a guess. Probably somewhere between a hundred and two hundred thousand. Two hundred thousand at the absolute tops. I imagine there's probably a decent number of them on the used market as well. Super available, and they're going to be able to fly at about the same speed as this car. And you could buy one of those planes, and then have another million dollars left over. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, so this. 
the version four was 800 pounds heavier than the, the previous version. Uh, has built-in parachutes, built-in airbags, uh, and it took them more than 20 million bucks and 10,000 hours of test flights uh, before they felt that it was it was ready to like submit to the to the government for uh, certification. So, uh, you know, I read about this town somewhere. I think it's in Alaska, maybe, or way, way, way north. It could be in Canada. It maybe. I, I, I actually I saw a TikTok video of this girl that lived in this town. And everybody in the town has planes. So the, the streets in the town are super wide. Everybody's got a huge, almost hangar-like garage. Not huge, but they're, they're small planes. Um, yeah, they're all, like, so in Alaska, there's tons of towns in Alaska that might have roads within the town. And those roads aren't connected to any other roads. So the way that people get around in, like, the out, in, yeah, all the wilds of Alaska is these small bush planes that I, they're, they're like a single engine Cessna but smaller and lighter weight and like there's some crazy videos of like these pilots practicing like low speed or low distance takeoff and landings where like they can take off and land in like a hundred feet uh that's that's interesting but the thing is alaska is fucking huge alaska is a really 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 big place um so yeah you, you know you need that you need that distance but Again, they don't have that. You know, they have the infrastructure effectively to have a car, a flying car. But yeah, like in Alaska, they just use their plane, and they've got like every small town is going to have some small dirt landing strip that is built for the types of planes that go go there. And then once you get to town, like you can borrow somebody's car to get from like one side of the town to the other, which is probably a quarter mile. Like you don't even need a car. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds. It's it's a solution in search of a problem. <laughs> uh, well said, well said, and that's you know the there is a very marginal demand for for a flying car right now, and the people that would want it would not be able to use it. Yeah, and like if you want to, the only people that are going to be spending one point four million on a flying car. They're, they're going to be doing it to, like, add some ticks to, like, whatever rich people use to determine their dick measuring contest. But, again, people bought computers when they were fucking enormous, right? Like, just people, people, rich people will spend money on something just to be the first one to do it or to have it. Right. That's a so, dick measuring contest. It's, it's. Ah, what a weird topic! Because I went into this wanting to be like, no, no, you know, you know Rosh is on to something, and and I don't honestly, I felt like we're you and I are kind of taking the piss here and taking the opportunity to bash Rosh's idea just in long form, but we're not. It was the uh, the motorcycle that he showed. I felt like it was on to something. He he sent this video of the motorcycle, and it it did have those kind of four turbines. And then you see the new Rocket Man like suits. Yeah, that but that's not wearing. a flying car. That's just a like a four turbine jetpack that you sit on. You're yeah. not taking that yeah. on the streets. You're not going to be like riding the motorcycle and be like, oh, let me flip the switch and I'll take off now. It's uh, I'm going to take off and I'm going to do my thing. Well, that's it, that's you're 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 on an advanced drone, right? You know, with with the the jets on it or whatever. Yeah. It, you're you're not. It's a quadrocopter that you can sit on. But that's the issue: is the flying car issue. You already have helicopters. 
you already have cars, you already have a, a, a commercial airlines, and then you have the small, small private planes and Cessnas. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily, and I'm not discounting anything. Like it surprised me. Somebody can make a comment and share with me what I'm missing on this. Well, here, uh, you, but there's I, just not space in the, we just don't have, there's no need for it. So I look at it, this in, in a way that, so you go to a fine dining restaurant and for your main course, you have steak. And then for dessert, you're going to have a really fancy like ice cream, right? And you say, man, that steak was really good. Uh, hold and on. Ice cream. We gotta, hold on. Stay, stay right there. Stay right there, James. Sorry to cut you off talking about steakhouse. We got to cut out of our live time here. So if you're watching on Instagram, uh, you're SOL. Sorry about that. But make sure. Let me pause this. All right. We are, we are off the live here. Make sure you guys subscribe on YouTube and all audio podcast platforms. Adios. Instagram. All right, sorry. So you have so, the steakhouse. Yeah, you're out at dinner, and for your main course, you have this really good steak. And then for dessert, they bring out this crazy, like, cake and ice cream concoction that tastes really good. And say, man, both dinner and dessert were just spectacular. And then someone says, well, I've got an idea. You could have... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where is this going? Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. You got a, you got a great steak as, as an entree. You got a great, great dessert as a, as a, as a dessert. And so then somebody says, why don't you have those two together? <laughs> <laughs> I only know one mutual friend we have that would say that's a really good idea. This person also wraps, uh, wraps chocolate chip cookies in cheese <laughs> and and has brownie mixed for breakfast not brownies <laughs> not the cooked brownies that come out of the pan just the the the, the mix before you pour it in what, just... what do you mean you're telling me james you're telling me you've never had brownie mixed for breakfast for real the the, the indignancy <laughs> with which he said that was what sold it for me <laughs> I got a great idea for a drink, by the way. It's uh, it's my two favorite drinks. Actually, we're on a roll here. The vodka and milk? Vodka and milk. I don't have a name for it yet, but I'm going I'm to name this drink. Oh, man. But, yeah, that's, that's the way. Like, I look at flying cars as, like, steak is cars. Yeah, it's great. Love it. And ice cream is flying. Pretty good system. Like it. It works. Like, like, let's not have the cake and the ice cream on top of the steak. <laughs> the, you, you've, you've managed to ruin both. The, the, here's where the issue. Here's where the issue lies. Is that it would, it would be cool. It would be bad. Everybody, everybody would have one. But if they would be so restriction-ridden that you could maybe fly it around your own backyard, but you couldn't fly it into your neighbor's yard. You couldn't fly it over the streets. You couldn't fly it over your neighborhood. You couldn't fly it into the city. You couldn't fly it over the shopping mall. You couldn't fly it into the shopping mall parking lot. What? Where are you going with this car that is is regulated out of existence? It, and this is not like meaningless regulation either. This is like all of these rules would have a very good reason. Dude, I see so many people broken down on the roads. I, I had this this truck yesterday, uh, and the 
the tire the 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 tire tread was falling off and there was just all this fucking crazy smoke fucking giant pieces of rubber because they're big truck tires so giant pieces of rubber that probably weighed 20 something 30 pounds each that you know were three feet long almost a foot across was a, like a retread that was failing yeah yeah and just smoke and rubber shrapnel everywhere and i almost and then there was some in the road ahead of me because i was behind him I, I was watching this happen and i was like fuck should i just try to run over this like and let it like go under the car and i'm like fuck no and i had to veer like off into the shoulder and around yeah, it because that might look soft and flexible but it's going to be rock hard that's that's what i was thinking i was like it, it looks like maybe it's low enough but then i remembered like in a split second it popped in my head like i bought a, a floor jack a hydraulic jack for the garage and it didn't fit under the car and it was like only that yeah. that high so um I, you talking about like how poorly american cars are maintained i remember reading a, a german was talking about like the differences between German and American cars. And they were talking about how in Germany, car inspections are super rigorous, where it's very easy to fail an inspection. And like people keep their cars in very good shape in Germany because they're not allowed to otherwise. Yeah. And they, and they said, like, if you drive down a German highway and you look at like the shoulders, there, there's nothing. There, there's going to be some dust. And there's going to be some grass, and that's about it. Like, drive down an American highway, go for ten miles, count how many car parts. Car, yeah. car parts, or just fucking entire cars. Yeah, entire cars. I had an argument with my sister about this recently. Well, like within the last two years, uh, I was like, yeah, in the South, there's so many more cars on the side of the road because they don't have regular inspections like we do in New York. And and then she's like, no, they're just waiting for the airport. <laughs> What? You can't stop in the airport. She had a point because actually around her in Fort Lauderdale and the Miami airport, there there were uh, a lot of a lot of cars just that had pulled over that were just waiting. But I said, no, no, a lot of those are actually broken down. And it's because there's no regular inspection. Yeah, I, I can tell you, having driven highways in South Carolina for 14 years, like you see broken down cars on the side of an interstate all the time. Well, you've been going to South Carolina for more than 14 years. And I remember when we were no, kids, North, Carolina. North Carolina. But uh, but I remember when we were younger uh, seeing so many broken down cars. I was like, what is going Why are there so, so I'm like 95 cars? and 40. And I will say that I was never one of those broken down cars. Very <laughs> so. much should have been. <laughs> All right, can I can I share, should I tell that quick story before we before we just finish? Uh, the, or should I the save it for trip next that time? you made down to should I share Wilmington the story? Yeah, the that's Jeep the one. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. With the broken radiator. Should I share that now? Go right ahead. All right. So, I had a Jeep Wrangler. You remember this car? And I still uh, need that car. And your family was going down for a two week vacation to North Carolina. So my goal was as the blue-collar working man that I am, uh, I wasn't going to take two weeks off. I was going to take one week off. And me, and I was going to go that second half of your trip. So we'd come back together, but I'd go down alone. Now, the week leading up to it, I had had some issues with my car. And my uh, water pump uh, blew out. So I replaced the water pump the day I was going down to South Carolina. And I left at like nine o'clock at night thinking what I would do, uh, North Carolina, 
what I would do is I would drive the 10, 11 hours down in the nighttime. And then I take a nap in the morning when I got there and then go hang out with you guys on the beach. Now it was sundown by the time I got on the road and I had the top off the car. I had the doors in the trunk, I think. And I had a nice, uh, nice trip plan planned down. And, uh, I got to, uh, about 5 a.m. in the morning, and uh, I made a couple of stops. I wasn't rushed for time. Probably and somewhere in Virginia. Maybe, maybe. And then as the sun started to come out, I noticed the temperature was rising on the car. Now, I hadn't had a lot of time to test drive and run the car after I had changed the water pump, but I let it run, and there was no temperature fluctuations. And then, of course, I drove six hours at nighttime, and there was no temperature fluctuations. However, after being in the car for six, seven hours, as it started to warm up, the temperature gauge started to go up. Now, I realized that to counteract the temperature gauge, what I could do was slow down. Now, at this point, I'd been up the entire day before, and it's now 5.30 a.m. the following day. And I've got a few hours left in my journey. Yet ra- one other thing you can do to cool the engine off. Yeah, rather, rather than, rather than, um, fuck you, you threw me off my train of thought here. Um, but ra- oh, rather than finish those three hours at 65, 70 miles an hour, I'm now doing 50 miles an hour. But then it gets a little warmer, and now I'm doing 40 miles an hour. And the car is continuing. It's now it's keeping a pretty steady temperature. However, it is. It is overheating and uh, it just keeps slowing down. So now I'm a little delusional because I've had a ton of caffeine about four red lines. Uh, I don't uh, maybe red. Li- yeah, probably some red lines at the time. Probably some no dose pills, a decent amount of coffee because I love just drinking black coffee and chewing pretzel rides when I pretzel ri- rods, black coffee and pretzel rods are like my my like long road trip go-to because the crunchiness of the pretzel rod like helps keep you awake and then the, you know coffee is just nice but i also had the doors off the car and i had the top off the car now i was falling asleep i was delusional i was super anxious little paranoia probably from all the caffeine and this is back in the day when you had the ipod that plugged into the radio transmitter didn't plug into your tape player or cd player you plugged into a radio transmitter and then the radio transmitter would transmit on some unused frequency like 87.5 or some bullshit like that so i was playing uh what song was it? oh 500 miles by the proclaimers i was so i must have played that song for the last three hours of the trip and i had a uh, what would you call it? Horn on the front of the car, a PA on the front of the car, a little CB radio that you could talk through the PA. And I spent the last few hours of this ride driving 35 miles an hour on the side of the highway, singing into the PA. I feel like there's, <laughs> I one, would walk there's one key hundred. detail that you're missing here. Uh, what, am, what am I missing? Which is it's July in North Carolina during the daytime. So the temperature is probably 90 to 95 degrees. And I guarantee that you had the heat on the car blasting. Yes, that's 100% correct. Yeah. <laughs> because you want to take the because you want the fans pulling the heat away from the engine. So I am just delusional baking in the sun because remember I had the top down 
Uh, I think this might have been before. I, no, it couldn't have been before I had the soft top. Um, but I had the top down of the car, no doors in the car, baking in the sun. and uh, 90 to 95 degrees. Yeah, and, and I was fucking high as fucking Kathy. And, and, and the heat blasting like you're in the middle of a blizzard. <laughs> Dude, that was a that was a that was a trip that should have taken ten hours. That probably probably took me, I don't know, fifteen hours maybe. Um, and this is in the days of like flip phone. I couldn't call you guys at six seven o'clock in the morning. You were on vacation. Um, what? And it ended up being the radiator or the thermostat. Thermostat, I think. One of the other. Somebody, I think it may have been your father, that was like, oh, if you have a radiator leak, which is what I originally had. Um, what you can do to seal the hole is you crack an egg and put it in your radiator. Really bad actually, idea. Which it actually works because it, you know, the egg like boils and it creates a film and it actually works. However, it's not a long term solution at all. It might be like you're at the grocery store, you got a dozen eggs, you got to make it home, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, but if you do that, you're also risking screwing the entire radiator later. Radiator and water, water pump, pump and thermostat. Yeah, so basically that's what I had to I replace. I think I went through two water pumps, uh, a radiator, and a thermostat. I think ultimately we might have fixed the thermostat. That might have been. Did we get the car fixed on the way up? No. No, no we drove at night and we had the heat going. <laughs> God, what a fucking trip. That was, uh, that was a rough trip. Yeah, that was also when I had the ulcer that ended up putting me in the hospital. I was going to ask you, did you break something on, on this trip? No, you had an ulcer. And, and and you spent the last two days of the vacation, two or three days of the vacation, like laying in bed with a stomachache. Yeah, and then like a month later, I'm in the hospital for five days with an ulcer. Was it a month? It was that much later? It was a month? Yeah, because like I had all sorts of other weird symptoms too, but... It was probably three three weeks, maybe a month, and like I remember the morning that I ended up in the, the the morning of the day that I eventually ended up in the hospital. I woke up at like five in the morning, threw up black, mm. and then I was supposed to run a fitness test for refereeing that <laughs> I morning. Remember this, yeah. Like it was at let's say nine o'clock in the morning, so I need to leave the house at eight. So I'm up at five thirty, throwing up, and I'm just like laying on the couch in the fetal position. Watching Sports Center, my mom comes down at about seven thirty in the morning. She says, "What in the world are you doing up?" So I tell her what happened. She says, "I don't think you're going to be going to that fitness test today. Um, like this has gone on far enough. We're going to the doctors." And we go to the doctor, and the doctor says, um, "You're in the wrong place. The hospital's on the other side of the street." Yep. Yeah. Now I remember I had an ulcer. I think like before then maybe but you but not not the amount of pain that you were in in bad 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 shape almost like you could have died dude um if i hadn't gotten treated this is a possibility i lost 20 pounds in like three weeks oh fuck and that uh, was when so right now i weigh about 170 to 175 at that time i weighed somewhere between 145 and 150 when they weighed me at the hospital i was like 127 dude Scary shit. Scary shit. Like, um, I don't know. I, I'm trying to look at I look at myself right now. I was like, I don't know where I could get rid of 50 pounds. I know where I could get rid of 15. I don't know uh, where the other 35 are coming from. I think now is a good point to uh, to wrap our episode about flying cars. But uh, crazy. The ulcer was insane. The the trip was uh, was quite the trip. 
The only thing that I, the only thing I'm happy about with the ulcer is that it justified the way I was acting in Wilmington. Because I'm like, see, I ended up in the hospital for five days. I wasn't making it up. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I will agree with you. I will agree with you that it was nice to be like, see, guys, I wasn't just being a pussy. This is some real pain, and I didn't just hold out that long. I held out like way longer uh, until I almost died. Yeah. <laughs> so, which, if you think about masculinity and the things that we're incentivized <laughs> to do. <laughs> not anymore my friend the <laughs> pussies are winning the, you know the, uh or you know i don't know i saw a guy ah dude i saw a guy this weekend i was like i don't know 45 years old and he had a he had a glittery ponytail he was a straight guy he was, he was with his, his wife he had a glittery uh like bun on the top of i don't i don't know what i bet he has about. a daughter and let her do that I was, you know, that was what I had deduced, but I didn't, I couldn't tell. But he was still walking around. I don't know. A lot of guys wearing bracelets and jewelry these days, so necklaces, earrings. You know, back in the day, you had an earring on there. There was, I guess, if one year you were gay, the other year you were not gay. You were just in sync or something. Oh, the one, one placement you were by, I don't know. It was like that thing where you left your pants hanging down. And you had drugs. I don't know. I don't know all those signs. I, I, I'm completely on different world. On that note, uh, too much scotch. And uh, we'll end the episode. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Adios, everyone. Laters. See ya. All right. This is the other end of Sip Talk. This is the ass end of Sip Talk. Uh, if you thought this episode was ass, let me know. Uh, otherwise, let me know in the comments what you thought, what you think about flying cars. And, uh, you know, maybe on the the gun laws, uh, because we did touch on that this episode, uh, and that is a super controversial topic. So, uh, curious your thoughts. See you guys next time. I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.